Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great doctor malicious compliance story. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, you want this app fully released at February 1st? No problem. Years ago, I was a low-level IT manager at a major media company. My team was understaffed, we had too many projects to care for, and no IT tester to test our apps. So me, the programmers, and the product owner, a business side non-technical member, needed to test our apps ourselves. The IT director, my boss, never helped with these issues because of budget reasons. It was common knowledge that the company has major money problems for years. It sucked, but we managed to properly care for our apps. Our primary project was redesigning our sports news app that produced the biggest revenue with mobile ads. The app was 8 plus years old at this point, and it worked like a really old car. So obviously we were creating it from scratch. It was a slow process, because at the same time we needed to update and fix many other apps, we were basically a skeleton crew. The problem started when the product owner left, and was replaced by someone that I can only describe as cartoonishly not fit for the job. It was a person that did not care for the product, users, or other people. The only important thing for her was to make her boss, a business director, happy. An ideal yes man. She also was lazy and had no true experience or knowledge about creating mobile apps. She never really did anything important that the former product owner did. What she was doing was organizing meetings, going to meetings, drinking coffee, and just slacking off on the web. It wasn't a big deal for me because I did my job well and everything going forward is planned, and she behaved okay-ish. Important part is she did not test the app and she really didn't know or wanted to know the app. I've never seen her using any of our apps now that I think about it. One day, she informed us that there's some internal deadline for finishing our app, and it's February 1st, almost a full year later. This is just some budgeting date that for any sane company is not that important for in-house projects. We informed her that with all of our responsibilities and lack of programmers, the chances of finishing every planned function are near zero, but we could release a basic version of the app without this and that function for a really small portion of the users, like 1%. Later we could update the app with missing stuff and then progressively go to 100%. She was happy with the solution and the whole team was informed about our plan. So we proceeded as before, creating the new app and caring for other apps at the same time, and informed about our new app progress every week. Fast forward to November, and I have a short vacation period. When I return, I learn that the new PO is furious with our project, even though everything is going according to plan. During my absence, she's informed our bosses that we are in crisis mode because the app will not be ready for February 1st. And we, and mainly me, are to blame. Turns out her boss wanted the whole app to be ready and not some basic version of it. She never really informed him of our agreed plan or he changed his mind or whatever. So she tells everyone that the plan was always to fully release the whole app and now we are the liars. No one took our side. And at this point I was already looking for new jobs because screw that. We needed to cut many functions after all because it was just impossible at this point to finish them. Here's the malicious compliance. 
I stayed at the company until the deadline, and the last thing I did was releasing the new app to every single user. One of the most important parts of the app were the mobile ads that created the revenue. The app itself was free. I created the ads just as I was told to and tested them myself. The PO didn't test the app, so nobody noticed that the new app had way less ads that are showing way less frequent. But what the app had is more bugs, of course, because we couldn't properly test everything with that amount of work in that short time with no tester. Months after release, the ad revenue plummeted and the users were not happy with the app, so many of them moved to other news apps. I was happily working somewhere else at this time, and I heard that it was total chaos with this new app. Because of this revenue issue, the PO and her boss even considered bringing the old app back, which is hilarious because that crap barely worked. Last time I checked, even the most diehard programmer that worked here for more than a decade, which is a miracle in IT, said screw it and left sometime later. Years later and she still works there, the current team is still understaffed and overworked, the apps are buggy and poorly managed, meanwhile I have the best job of my life and for many years, everyone is extra happy with my management. Needless to say, backstabbing people in management like this are the sole reason they say cover your butt. Make sure you go out of your way to get any direction in writing so they can't pop up later and say, well no, you said a whole different thing. Try to save their job, try to save face, and get you booted out of this company with a bad rap. Our next story is, goodbye internet. At my last job, my main duty was the IT manager for the entire location, among other duties. I had been there for three and a half years at that point, and as I was trusted by everyone, if I had something important to say, people listened. During COVID, while other departments' budgets were getting slashed and employees were getting laid off, I was able to replace a lot of our aging IT infrastructure. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. At the beginning of my last year there, the owner hires a young, I only tell the truth even though you won't like it, narcissist as his second in charge. He hired this bonehead as his successor to run this location, while the owner would focus on opening up a second. In the first three months, Bonehead pisses everyone off, to the point where 15 people from various positions leave the company to find another job. This is during the pandemic, where a lot of people were thankful they had a job, and 15 people were like, I'm going to risk finding another job in the middle of the pandemic rather than stay here. He was that bad. 
As Bonehead starts to piss off our customer base and our sales start to suffer, we switched over to cost-cutting mode. The owner had largely checked out at this point, so long-time vendors were replaced with friends and family of Bonehead. Services were downgraded or cut. Pay plans for the sales department were jacked with, which further eroded the morale of the workforce. One day, Bonehead comes to me and tells me to stop doing safety checks and maintenance repair on our products so sales could post larger sales grosses. I loudly objected and went to the owner, as the owner is always happy to hear something about making more money. He threw his support behind Bonehead's idea. A few months of this goes by, and after he fired one of my employees on my birthday because he refused to give Bonehead access to the server room, it was restricted to me, owner, and my employee, I knew it was time to go. I find a new job, put in my two weeks, of course Bonehead stops my direct deposit on payday, the day after I put my two weeks in, I decide it isn't worth working the extra two weeks and inform them I'm out of there while filing with the state over my wages being withheld. As I'm walking out the door, Bonehead reminds me I'm no longer an employee of the company and not to get involved with the company's affairs and possible legal repercussions if I say anything negative about the company. My new job pays more, less hours, less stress. Fast forward to this Monday, I get a call from my local internet provider. They tell me my internet service bill had gone unpaid for the last six months and will get cut off if I don't pay immediately. I log in and see my account is paid, so after a few back and forth, I find out I'm still the point of contact for my last job's account on their internet service. Remembering what was told to me when I left, I just informed them I cannot get involved, as I no longer work there. They asked me for an updated point of contact. If they cannot get one, they'll be forced to suspend their service. I repeated I am not allowed by threat of legal action to be involved in their affairs and left it at that. An hour later, a buddy I know who still works there called me and told me they had to stop working as their internet service was shut off. I played stupid, but it took three days to restore it. OP did the right thing and I would have done exactly the same thing too. Once it gets to the point of a company threatening legal action, whether or not Bonehead is actually qualified to make that threat, it becomes a zero tolerance thing at least for myself. Absolutely not am I going to engage if you try to threaten legal stuff. Our next story is, so you want a clean toilet? Okie dokie. This happened yesterday and my brother suggested I put it on here. I was busy cleaning the sinks in a restroom when a wild Karen, scientific name I want to kiss it nowadays, stormed in with her two clearly embarrassed children. She pointed to an empty stall. I want that toilet clean now. It was a slow night and I was bored so I said, in my sweetest hospitality voice and with every intention of having some fun at her expense, of course ma'am. Just let me change my gloves. I changed my gloves, making a show of checking for holes in the material, before pushing my cart to the stall. I grabbed the chemical with the longest dwell time, three minutes which is forever in guest time, and spray down the toilet. I put the chemical back on the cart and wiped down the toilet. I was in the process of changing out my gloves when wild Karen tried to push me aside. I'm a big woman at 275 pounds of mostly muscle so it's like trying to push over a brick wall. Oh no ma'am, I'm not done yet. I have to disinfect the toilet. Want it super clean for you. How long will that take? Wild Karen asked, impatient. My youngest really has to go. I said, oh, about three minutes, I say, setting the timer on my work phone and holding it up to her to show it. But if you want, you're more than welcome to use any of the other stalls I've cleaned, which is all of them. This is ridiculous, she huffed, dragging her kids to another stall. 
The kids shot me an apologetic look as she shoved them in, went in herself and closed the stall door. I turned up the volume on my work phone so she'd hear the timer go off, as I guessed she'd be finished long after the toilet was disinfected. And I was right. I had finished wiping down the toilet when wild Karen and her two kids came out. I'm going to complain to your manager about how long you took, she hollered as she stormed out. Have a good night then, I shouted after her. Later that night I was turning in my equipment when Miss Heroine, who appeared in a previous MC story involving a manager and a compactor, came up struggling not to laugh. I understood you took too long to clean a toilet, she said, before bursting into laughter. I laughed right back and said, well, she asked me to clean it. You know, I would think most managers would actually be pretty happy to hear that their worker took special time and care to make sure that that toilet was scrubbed and cleaned. I mean, how good of a job do they really normally do cleaning those toilets? It's probably most times a light go-over, right? Like, when do they really deep clean it? This next story is, server wanted a big table, so I helped her out. Forgive my possible lack of adequate details. This happened a long time ago, and I don't have the best memory to begin with, but I read a story a bit ago that reminded me of it. When I, female 43, was 19 to 20 years old, I worked at the local franchise of a popular steakhouse and buffet as a cashier and hostess. On our busier days, table turnover could be insane, and me having to help clean a table to seat was a normal thing. Servers bust their own tables. We of course would see tables that were already clean, but sometimes customers would prefer a different location that wasn't. Since it was a buffet, this wasn't a huge problem. We would clean while they filled plates. On one very memorable occasion, this happened to me with a bit of a twist. I took a party to a clean table in Blondie's section. I don't know how old she was, but I could wager early 20s, and she had been there longer than I had. Anyway, when we got there, the head of the party said they would prefer a different table, still in Blondie's section, and indicated one that had not been cleaned yet. I flashed my best customer service smile and said it wouldn't be a problem. They started to turn away and I prepared to clean the table for them. All of a sudden, Blondie rushed up to me and said that table was unavailable and would random other table be okay instead. I explained the situation and that they had chosen that table specifically but she was adamant. She explained that she wanted that table and another available to merge for large parties. Tips are almost always better with a large group. I apologized profusely to the current party I was seating and asked if the new table would suffice. They assured me it was alright and took everything in stride as they made their way to the food. The next time Blondie went into the dish area in the kitchen, less than 10 minutes later, I followed her in and proceeded to tear her a new one. It felt really weird to be so thoroughly dressing down anyone older than me. I was raised with old school morals and ideas of respect for those older than me. But she had embarrassed me and I told her so and that what she had done made it look like I didn't know how to do my job. She apologized but held her stance. I was still fuming so I did what anyone with teenager brain would do. I went to mom, or rather the head server and her supervisor. I told mom what she had done and why and she told me that's fine. If she wants large tables, she can have them. For the next at least 15 to 20 minutes, Every large group that came in was seated in her section. Remember, busy day, so this was frequent. She eventually came up to the hostess station to ask me to stop. I told her to talk to mom. OP later clarified it wasn't actually OP's mom. They just worked there for so long that apparently everybody called them mom, which is a little confusing. OP probably should have clarified that. 
But I think this is a pretty good revenge only if she literally could not keep up with it. Like imagine she gets all these large groups and she somehow is like walking around with eight arms, collecting big tip after big tip and like thanking people. Our next story is, dad told the doctor his kid was sick, the doctor took him seriously. For a bit of context, I work in urgent care as a physician. I take my job very seriously, but urgent care is for urgent things. That's a no-brainer. So when a dad came today with two 13-year-old girls to our urgent care center and told me one of them was sick, I of course took him very seriously. As usual, I call in the next patient. That happens to be a 13-year-old girl, accompanied by her sister of a similar age and her dad. Dad tells me they came because the girl said her tummy hurts, and starts telling the girl about how the doctor is going to find the truth about whether her tummy hurts or it's a lie. Sort of like, this is your last chance to come out and say you made it up. Dad starts telling me about how the two girls each said they felt bad at the same time, when he told them to clean up their room. One said she had a headache, and the other said she had a tummy ache. So the dad thought the reasonable thing to do was to bring their kids to the ER so a doctor extracts a confession rather than making his job as a dad and seeing they clearly made it up on the spot to get out of their chores. And well, since I take my job very seriously and there was a chance they may not be wasting my time, I made sure to make a very thorough and nonsensical examination that came to the conclusion that I couldn't rule out a gastroenteritis as the source of this obviously real stomach ache that was nowhere to be found. The dad was trying to get a gotcha, but ended up getting recommended he make sure his kids are well hydrated, rests, doesn't make any straining activities, eats only if she feels like it for the day, and if she keeps feeling bad tomorrow, they could consider missing a day of school. Also, she should rest, but there is no problem if she uses her computer or tablet, as that won't make the stomach ache worse. If you make me educate your kids, you're wrong expecting me to do it well. I hope he learned not to waste emergency care resources instead of doing his job as a parent. You know, going into this, when they said 13-year-old girl complaining of a stomach ache, I was expecting this to go a whole different direction about the dad not really understanding what could be going on. Although after everything, can I just say I really appreciate OP saying, as a doctor, she should rest, but there's no problem if they use their computer or tablet. When I stayed home from school, there was always that perspective from the parents of, well, you're too sick, make sure you stay in bed, you can't get on the computer. Like as if I have to be punished for being sick. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 